Happy Self-Care Sunday, guys. Uh, Welcome back to the Lifted Podcast. I'm Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. For this episode, I got to interview my buddy Meg Josephson. She is just this wonderful light being. She's a meditation teacher. Um, I met her a few months ago when she was facilitating a big group meditation. And I just remember her energy being so warm and kind, and I just wanted to be around her and be friends with her. And then we kept running into each other in similar friend circles. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get her on this podcast so that she can share some of her knowledge with us and we can just get to know her a little bit better because she's such a cool person. Um, And in this episode, we just talk about some of her daily rituals, her lifestyle as a vegan, and then she leads us through a loving kindness meditation. Um, And I feel so lucky that she was able to do that for us. So I hope you guys enjoy. Usually I like to start asking guests, what is your morning like? What what time do you wake up? Like, what does your morning routine look like? You you seem like you're kind of a morning person. Yeah, I I kind of always have been weird. I like am very unable to sleep in even when I was a kid and I had sleepovers with people, I would be up at like 6.30 in the morning and it was brutal. And so it kind of has just forced me to be a morning person because I also like getting enough sleep. So it's it's good. It works out well. Um, But in terms of my morning routine, I'll get up at like 6, 6.30 every morning. Usually I set an alarm clock, but usually I wake up a little bit before it. And then I will go right to the gym and do whether (laughs) you see my dog in the background, I'll go right to the gym um, or I'll run outside or I'll do yoga in my apartment, some sort of movement to start my day. I just find that it gets me off on the right foot. Um, And then I'll come back and I'll take my dog out for a long walk or I'll take him to the dog park. Gotta take care of me. And then I take care of the pup. (laughs) That's how, and that's how it works. Um, and then that, I guess it's around 7.38 at that time. So then I'll have some breakfast. I love to make a big smoothie usually for breakfast, unless it's winter and I'll usually have oatmeal. And then after breakfast, I'll meditate for around 20 minutes, get organized for the day, see what I need to do. I've actually recently started um, writing my to-do list the night before. I thought that that would be anxiety provoking because I thought that I would be thinking about what I had to do, but it's been so helpful Mm -hmm. because I wake up and I I know what I need to get done as opposed to kind of being paralyzed and like, okay, where do I start? So that's been super, super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good tip. I do the same thing now and I feel the exact same way because in the morning I'll be like scrambled and then like, you you know, you kind of waste a couple hours organizing, but yeah. <laughs> Thinking about what you need to do instead of actually doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And you've so. got such an awesome like vegan meditation inspired Instagram page like, presence. How long have you been oh, vegan for? You. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it's funny that you asked that. I was thinking about that this morning because I'm coming up on my four year vegan anniversary, <laughs> if that's the term for it, um, next week. So almost four years that I've been vegan. And I can't believe it's been that long, but it also feels, I don't even remember not eating this way and living this way. So it's Mm -hmm. been an incredible, this is one of the best decisions I've ever made for my body and for my mind and for the planet as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what spurred that? Like when, when did you decide like, this is the, the path I want to take with my eating? I actually like really didn't want to be vegan. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't like purposefully try to do it. Mm-hmm. I watched a documentary called earthlings and I'm sure a lot of people say this, pre-veganism and then they go vegan after it I watched it and it just like rocked my world and something in that during that period of the documentary something clicked in my mind where I was like wait my dog is no different from like a cow and Mm -hmm. is no different from a pig and something just clicked in my mind where I was like what is going on this is not food this is a being and so I, it was, it was kind of an up and down moment. So I watched the documentary and then I was kind of like went through a period, two day period of being like really pissed off. Like, why didn't anyone tell me this? Like, how did I not know this before? Mm-hmm. And then I was like trying to be proactive. Okay. What can I do about it? Like, how can I, how can I help? Yeah. Um, and obviously my diet and my lifestyle and buying cruelty-free products were all, were all the best ways to go about that. Um, but I, I mean, I truly, I truly wasn't trying. I had the same skepticism that I think a lot of people have. Like, how do you get your protein? Like very false beliefs that we have just have been ingrained in our minds. Like protein is just an, it's an industry that we thrive off of people. You, we, as women, um, we need 48 grams of protein. You can get that just by eating enough food. Like you don't, I've never heard of anyone with a protein deficiency. So I just had all of these beliefs that have been, you know, where do you get your calcium? Turns out milk. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just like spitting out my research that I've done. Mm-hmm. So actually I'm not going to, I'm actually just not going to go down that road. Oh, because yeah. I don't wanna... you know what? yeah. Well, people, I, we encourage them to do their own research because it's so true. Like protein. Yeah broccoli and like all of our plants have a great amount of protein most of the time yeah of course and it's it's like if you're I don't know there's so many different aspects you can go about it for for eating more plant-based for me the 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 triggering starting point was the ethical standpoint I know a lot of people do it for try it for health for do it for the environment because animal agriculture is the number one contributing factor to climate change and it is just so crucial for water and for land and for waste to to eat more plant-based foods mm-hmm. um but from and that has all i care about all that as well i feel good in my body and all that good stuff but the ethics was really that really did it for me it's pretty uh, groundbreaking yeah you realize that like a, a hamburger is equivalent is the same amount of water as like two months of showers and it it's just you don't think about it. like you don't think about it at all. But when I first started learning about this stuff, I was like, I don't want to be a seen as like a crazy mean vegan because I feel like you know that's kind of a stereotype that's out there. And so I was like, how can I, how can I like spread this message that emphasizes compassion for everyone and everything in a compassionate way, like because that's how it's sustainable. There's no reason to be judgmental or mean because at some point we all didn't know this information and we're Mm -hmm. all learning and on our own path. So it was just such an intention of mine, which is what inspired my account um, to just lead by example and inspire people through love and not through judgment of other people's lifestyles. Totally. Yeah. That's such a good, important thing to say. 
And, and there are people out there that just can't imagine or can't fathom living like a plant-based life. And that's okay. So maybe something they totally. can just do like a one day a week where they don't eat meat, like meatless Mondays. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because I, I don't think for like in terms of the sustainability of the planet, especially, I don't think everyone needs to go vegan. I don't think everyone will go vegan. But if everyone made small changes, especially like cut back dairy, dairy and meat, that would be like the biggest, biggest, biggest change. Um, we all really do make a, a difference. And sometimes absolutely. that comes down to just like knowing your worth. And like, it, even though we've got so many of us on this planet, it really does make a difference in our, our culture and our demand, like our, the supply and the demand of it all. As we drink more oat milk or soy milk, or whatever, like the whole system changes. Absolutely. And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I do know that there has been a huge decrease in dairy supply because there's been such an increase in demand for non-dairy alternatives, which is amazing. Like we all have influence. We think we're just us, but we talk to people. We have Instagram accounts. Like we, even if you have a personal Instagram account, like you're still, you're still communicating with people every single day. Um, we, we have a lot more voice than we think. I think. Absolutely. That's such a good point. Yeah. And I also wanted to kind of switch topics too and get into your law of attraction teachings recently. Um, you've been putting up some awesome videos about that on YouTube as well. So people will have to check out your YouTube channel. Um, oh, thank you. But can you give us just kind of a quickie like law of attraction for dummies kind of moment? Absolutely. So law of attraction, I started learning about it in uh, freshman year of college. When I started learning about it, I was like, this is woo woo. Like I have what is this? This is this is not real life. But then I started realizing that like, oh, I've been doing this all along. And we all have been doing it all along because it's just once you start to realize that, I guess just the underlying uh, idea of what it is, everything is energy. Like everything hat is made up of energy. Even our thoughts, our thoughts are also energy. And so when we are thinking something or feeling something, that is vibrating at a certain frequency. And because everything is made of, of energy, everything responds to that frequency. So if I have a thought and I'm thinking about something, the universe is simply responding to the frequency that I am putting out, thus giving me the opportunities and the relationships and the situations that I am putting out. So just, I know that can, like all these weird words, it can feel confusing. So for example, if I was like, I'm never going to get a job, I what, who would ever hire me, et cetera, et cetera. And I was thinking that all the time. That is a very low vibrational frequency. And it only makes sense. I mean, this is like physics. It, it really does make sense mm -hmm. that the universe then responds with that low frequency because it's energy and it's just vibrations giving me a lack of job, lack of people net, helping me to network to get a job. And so the law of attraction is just really this idea that like attracts like. And what you put out is what you're given back. And it's really such a powerful tool. And once you, I think the best way to believe that it works is witnessing it for yourself and trying it out and using techniques and just realizing that our reality is so not, I don't believe all of our reality is a reflection of our thoughts, but I do believe that a lot of it is like, it's, it's just, if a lot, what's the saying? It's like, if you want to see what your thoughts are like, look at, look at your life because mm -hmm. it's, 
just playing out in front of us. And we have so much more control than we think. We are not victims to our life. We really, we really are in the driving seat for so much of it. That is such a good way to put it. It's on a quantum physics level and it's also just on, you know, basic levels. Like if you're thinking and you're wallowing in this, like, I'm never going to get a job. Like that's where you stay. Like you can't grow out of that place, right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And it also, something that I think is confusing. I think when we talk about it, people are like, oh, what? So you just sit there and visualize and then it just happens to you. Obviously not. You're still, you're still doing the same things that you would, but the difference is that your mindset is so different. You have the mindset that you have already achieved the thing that you want, which in turn makes you do things that were probably not as clear to you before. I find that when I'm in line with law or aligned with the law of attraction, that answers come to me a lot more easily. Like ideas just pop into my mind about how to achieve this thing. And I have no idea where they came from. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I'm rolling with it because you, the big part of it is just being aware also of the signs that are coming into your life because I think we get a lot of signs and answers, but we don't know that they are those things. So then we, we don't really acknowledge them. The first thing is to be super clear on what you want, like very, very clear on the details. Even if you aren't super sure that those are actually the details that you want. So let's go with the job example Mm -hmm. again. um, If you had this job that you wanted, what what does the office look like? What would you wear to work? What are your hours like? What are your coworkers like? Like really make it real for you because the whole idea is that the power is in the feeling. That actually leads into, will lead into the meditation too, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, The power is in the feeling of, feeling like you have that already and when you're when you're visualizing things that's when it really feels real to you um so being clear about that journaling helps like writing in the present moment as if you have already achieved it um so that's called like scripting like writing as if it's already happened to you writing down those details i am so grateful that i have this dream job i'm so happy to have achieved this for myself mm-hmm. um and then once when, when doubts come in replacing those doubts with positive affirmations. And because a lot of times I think a lot of attraction doesn't work because we think we aren't worthy of getting that thing. And um, just kind of tapping into those self doubts that we are so unaware of they're subconscious, but when you start to become aware of them, they become, they become conscious and you can replace them and you can retrain your mind to believe that you can achieve what you want. I've been able to manifest like my whole life, but it was about like stepping into, into different stages of worthiness, basically like, Oh, I could never make this much money. Change your thinking. Yes, you can. This is possible. Like all the things that that's a good point because if I was like, if I was making no money right now and then I was like, okay, I'm going to manifest a million dollars. You need to, you do need to do increments because just like you said, you need to, reconvince yourself that you're worthy of that thing. And so maybe you're starting small and just naturally your income will grow, but you're also just realizing with each stepping stone that you are more and more worthy. So that that's a great point. I love that. How did you get into meditation and wellness? Like did your parents bring you up in a house where you talked about this kind of stuff or what? <laughs> oh my gosh, not at all. That's so <laughs> that's so funny. I feel like we all find yoga and meditation because 
we need it like yes. because our life isn't like perfect you know like <laughs> it's some sort of way to tune into ourselves to find a greater purpose um my family is not spiritual or i i am not saying that in a bad way you mm -hmm. know they're just like had i guess hadn't been exposed to it um no meditation or anything like that even with like veganism they are not vegan at all they so respect my decision um but when I go home, ever since I was like 15, I've just been cooking for myself at home. Like my parents don't really cook at all. Mm -hmm. And so I've always just done my own thing at home. Like I, f I was just kind of like living there kind of basically. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of discovered it through my own, when did, when did I, I think I did my first ever yoga class when I was right after I graduated um, high school. And so I had been going through a, period of really bad anxiety and a lot of things were just happening in my life that were so out of my control mm -hmm. and I just felt like I needed to figure out like how to feel more in control of my life and so I found yoga and through yoga I found meditation and I, I felt passionate about and I thought I was super passionate about yoga and I realized I was more passionate about the ideals of yoga and the philosophy behind it um, and so that's when I started to get into meditation and I got really into meditation when um, I, so I've had a few concussions and I'm very prone to them now because I've had them in the past and meditation has just helped me, helped me so much with getting through those times because, you know, I, you, I like couldn't, I was in college and I like couldn't go to class and I couldn't be on my phone. I couldn't do anything. And I was really, it was very isolating. And so meditation was a really powerful way to tune into myself. And I believe so much that it helped expedite my healing because I've had several and one of them, two of them, I didn't, I wasn't meditating. Mm -hmm. And then two of them, I was, and my healing was so significantly faster um, with the times that I was. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, not a neurologist, but I think there's something there. Yeah, totally. Well, it does change your brain waves and like your healing state yeah. in a pretty profound way. It's awesome. Super yeah. Or like I was deep. I mean, the mind gut connection is so powerful too. If I was like getting more breaths into my belly, decreasing the inflammation that was then going to my brain, like so many different ways, but I'd also actually visualize myself because I, I love running and I would it was so hard. I was like, couldn't run for like nine months. And so I would visualize myself going for a run and mm -hmm. feeling headache free and just setting that into my mind that that was possible for me, I think was very powerful. I guess that's law of attraction that I was using with meditation. I look at law of attraction as kind of like a template or an understanding on how to break down your walls and your barriers and get to the root of things and, and then create from there. Cause it's, we're, I mean, we're all doing it all the time. It's just mm -hmm. becoming, cause we man, we can manifest bad things into our life too. Right. Which like, I think a lot of us do because we are so hard on ourselves and we don't think we're worth anything or we mm -hmm. deserve anything. Um, yeah. We are, and we just got to realize that. And I, it seems yeah. like that can be a little bit difficult for people to grasp sometimes um, because it's difficult to understand our reality when it's, you know, not what we want or when it's, painful or when it's difficult or when you feel like it's your fault. But I love what you said about how we're not victims. We're always in the driver's seat. So we can all like, we're never stuck. You can always change your reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but I like your point because I feel like that can be daunting to be like, I didn't cause this because you didn't, you didn't cause it. It's not your fault because if you knew it was happen, like if you knew you had control, you wouldn't have chosen that. Obviously, it's nothing to blame yourself for. If anything, it should just be empowering that your thoughts and your mindset can control so much of what happens. Yeah. And it's like, if we're in that situation, we have the power to get out of it. Like we're yes. only given what we can handle really. Uh, Cause that's what we are. Absolutely. And, and it's okay. And it's like just a, a source for deeper healing. And most of the best spiritual teachers have come out of shit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, I, it's so true. It's so true. So meditation in general is incredible because it forces you to be not forces because like that's the opposite of the point but it allows you to become aware of things that you were not before and the point of meditation is not just to sit with your anxiety or your depression or your fearful thoughts and just watch it like the point is to notice it so that you can do something about it notice behaviors within yourself that you were not aware of before because we're running on a script. Like we are living on a script that we, from people that have come into our lives, from media that we're consuming and we're so unaware of it. So just tuning into yourself and kind of creating a pause between also responding versus reacting and just questioning like, where did that belief come from? Why do I think that about myself? So that's kind of just like what I have noticed about meditation in general. Loving kindness is really special because, I mean, I guess loving kindness is more of a visualization as opposed to meditation. Because I think most people would probably say meditation is done in silence and observing through. So a lot of guided meditations are visualizations. But loving kindness is really special because it, it tunes into this, this feeling of warmth and compassion and love. And loving kindness has actually been used for so many healing studies. Um, People sending healing and love to other people heals themselves, which is groundbreaking. I mean, that it's just showing how connected we are. Like you are healing up by, by, by sending healing to other people, you, your body heals. That is just incredible to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So loving kindness taps into a feeling of love, warmth, compassion for yourself and in turn to other people. And it also just recognizes that no matter who comes into your life, no matter what your relationship is with them, we all want the same thing. We all want happiness and we all want safety and health and to live a peaceful life. And it's, it's really, I don't know, I, I guess it's, it just puts you at ease knowing that no matter what you've gone through with other people, like we're all just trying to figure it out and we all are going through something or have healing from something. And how can we just show more compassion? Because that's what heals. Love is what is, is healing us the most. So that it's been such an incredible, actually like the loving kindness meditation was the first instance where I cried during meditation. Cause it just like opened up something, some, energetic channel in me where I was like, what is going on? And, um, Mm -hmm. my, my meditation training was actually, um, there was like a specific set of weeks that was devoted to loving kindness. So that's where I, that's when I was introduced to it. I didn't know about it before I went into my training program. Um, and it's, it's just really special. 
It is special. I had a similar experience. I actually didn't even know it was called loving kindness when I did it. Or like, just didn't know that was a thing. And oh my gosh, it's just beautiful. I, I uh, hear this a lot too, and I'm trying to grasp it more too. The difference between reacting and responding. Like what makes yeah. sense there in our energy field? Yeah. So let me think. Think about when you think about like a family member that frustrates you and they're doing something that bothers you so much. You're likely going to react like, mom, you're so annoying or like just something that you don't, you're not even, it's, you're not even thinking about it. It just feels like an, an, an instinctual reaction to you. And then maybe afterwards you're like, I feel guilty about that. I, I, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Or maybe it's like a loved one, a significant other that you've gotten really comfortable with. And then it's just how, it's just the way you guys act towards each other sometimes. That's a reaction. You're, it's not intentional. There's not necessarily a thought behind it. It's just kind of like the, it, the script that you've created. Whereas a response, there, there's, a, there's a brief pause in between the, the, um, the action and the reaction. So let's say you said, you said something mean to me and a reaction would be like, saying an insult right back to you or something like that. Whereas a response, I would probably pause and be like, breathe. Why did she say this? Am I going to be happy with what I'm saying in return? Do I mean this? And obviously you need to like have a flowing conversation with people. You can't sit for 10 seconds to think about everything, but it's just slipping consciousness into your conversations and just feeling I'm reading, rereading for like the fifth time, the four, the four agreements and oh, being yeah. the first agreement is being impeccable with your word. It doesn't mean you're perfect because that's the synonym for impeccable, but being truthful, being proud of the things that you're saying, being intentional with what you're saying. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's just allowing more space, I think, in between these conversations that we have. You finally like, like I've been kind of like figuring out how to describe this to people. And that was such a good way, like slipping consciousness in there in between. Yeah. The thought and the action. That's so perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Is this your favorite kind of meditation or what's like your usual practice? Yeah. So I actually usually just meditate in silence. Mm -hmm. um, but I find that got it. If I'm feeling, if my mind is feeling very busy, um, or I'm feeling anxious about something, I will use a guided meditation just to help. There's nothing wrong with that. Just to help you. It's like, you just need that extra support mm -hmm. just to keep your mind on track. Um, so I like to do loving kindness meditations. I use insight timer just for every day to set a timer for myself. Mm -hmm. I, I used to set my phone alarm and I would freak out when the alarm went off because it's like <laughs> triggering. It's like, oh my gosh, is it time to wake up? So yeah. inside timer is nice because it's like a gong. <laughs> it's like much, much easier on the ears. Um, but they have great free meditations as well. Um, and also I want to mention that like sometimes my mind is so busy that I just stop. I have to stop meditating. Like sometimes if I'm anxious about something, I just, it, it's, it, it's more beneficial for me to stop and come back later. And that's okay. Like some days your mind's going to be really busy. And if, if by sitting there, you're getting more worked up or more fearful, you have like a tightness in your chest, step away. It's okay. Every day is different and try again later or tomorrow. And the whole point is just to notice it. Notice mm -hmm. like what set off my 
my tightness in my chest today? Like, is there something that happened? Is it, is it a conversation? So that you can, again, notice it and then do something about it. That's such a good point. Sometimes I'm like in the middle phase there too, when I'm like, I am yeah. a lot, I'm just a thinker. And um, I, I guess you could call that art of contemplation or something. So it's mm. but thing too. I think a lot of people think we have to shut our brains off. And like, that's not, yes. that's not really true, is it? That's the, I'm really glad you said it. I think that's the biggest misconception about meditation and why a lot of people are like, I could never do that is because we have this misconception that if you're meditating correctly, your mind will be silent. That's never going to happen. We are humans when we have thoughts and we have relationships and jobs and we're going to think about stuff and you're just, you're not cha- you're not silencing your mind, but you're changing your relationship to your thoughts and becoming aware of them. You're allowing space. You're just kind of witnessing. Um, but yeah, I feel the same way. So, and I think the more, the more we practice it, the easier it'll get to, you know, to detach from it. But I mean, I've, I've been meditating for a few years and I know you have as well. And it's still, we still have easy days and then we have hard days. And yeah. a lot of the times our minds just be in, we're just aware of it. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Just got to be patient with ourselves, but just the act of sitting down with yourself and taking that time is like a, a feat in yeah. itself. Okay, guys, future Helen popping in for a minute. Um, Meg is about to lead us through a wonderful loving kindness meditation. So if you're able to do it while you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you to just find a quiet space or a space where you can really tap in and um, enjoy about a 10-minute session that she'll give us. So just begin to get comfortable wherever you are, whether you want to sit down or lie down. And just begin to close your eyes. Feeling your breath in your chest or your stomach. Just allowing yourself to slow down for the duration of this practice. Begin now to feel your heart. Maybe it'll help to put your hand over your heart or just feel the heartbeat in your chest. Your heart that's pumping oxygen throughout your entire body without you having to think about it. We're going to tap into feelings of warmth and tenderness for yourself and for others. And the more you open your heart to it, the more that you will receive. And during this practice, Give yourself permission to open your heart to love. Think of a time where you felt safe, free of violence or fear. And if you can't think of a time, what would that feel like for you to feel completely safe? What would that feel like in your body? Repeat to yourself, may I feel safe? Giving yourself permission to have that feeling. 
Recall a time where you felt happy, completely content with life, fulfilled and satisfied. And if you can't think of a time where you felt that way, what would it feel like for you? And repeat to yourself, may I feel happy. Recall a time where you felt healthy, free of pain, able to do whatever physical activity, emotionally happy and healthy, physically healthy, mentally. And again, if you can't recall a time, think of what that would feel like for you. And wish to yourself that you may feel healthy. Recall a time where you were living your life with ease. Things were just working out for you without any effort. Things were just flowing into place. And if not, what would that feel like if your life went that way? And repeat to yourself, may I live my life with ease. Take a moment now to repeat all four wishes to yourself, allowing yourself to feel safety and happiness and health and living your life with ease. May I feel safe. Take a few moments to wish those for yourself. Think of someone that you love. Picture them sitting here in front of you, smiling at you, and picture their best qualities, your favorite qualities about them, maybe their humor or their laughter. And don't you just want them to be safe, to be happy and healthy and living their life with ease?
just like you felt those feelings in your own body, take a moment to wish that for them, transferring feelings of safety, happy, health, and ease over to their bodies, offering them meta. May you feel safe. Wrapping up this round of meta. Think of someone that you feel neutral about. Maybe someone that you see day to day, but you don't really know anything about. Maybe someone that lives near you or you see on your way to work. Picture them laughing. Picture them with their families. Picture them crying. Although you don't really know this person, this person isn't so different from you. This person wants to feel safe and happy and healthy and at ease. Take a moment to wish that for them, wishing that they feel the same feelings that you feel. transferring those feelings over to their bodies. Finishing up this round, think of someone that bothers you. Not someone that has deeply hurt you, but just someone that irritates you or pushes your buttons. Just like you, they have a favorite food. They have fears and they have dreams. It's just by chance that this person wasn't family for you. They too want to feel safe and happy and healthy and at ease. Take a moment to wish that for them, offering them meta, sending them the same wishes for the person that you love.
Now picture all of the people that you mentioned sitting here with you, sitting here in front of you together. Maybe you've never seen all of these people in the same room together. But recognize that all of these people with you want the same thing from life. To be loved, to feel safe, to feel supported. Take a few moments just to offer everyone in the group meta picturing the feelings, transferring over to them, genuinely wishing that they feel feelings of health and safety and happiness and ease. Begin to check in with how you're feeling right now. Not judging it, but just noticing if you feel a little different than before. Feeling your breath, feeling it in your chest or your stomach or the cool sensation at the tip of your nose. And thank yourself for taking the time to send yourself feelings of love, but also to others. Because the love that we feel for ourselves is completely intertwined and interconnected with everything and everyone else. Begin to bring some gentle movements back to your body. When you're ready, just opening your eyes. Thank you for joining me with today's meditation. Oh my gosh, Meg, that was so- <laughs> I hope it was nice. I feel like that's such a good place to just like let it rest and let everyone who just listened enjoy and come back in and reconnect. Uh, but where can we find you, Meg? So on you can find me on Instagram, just as Meg Josephson. I was formerly with almond butter on top, um, but that was when I was just sharing mostly food recipes. So I now also share spirituality and mindfulness and self-development, as well as vegan recipes. So I'm still maintaining that as well. Um, and then as of a few weeks ago, I'm doing YouTube now. So <laughs> you can find me just under my name, Meg Josephson. And I make videos about a lot of the things we talked about today and just helping us connect with ourselves and connect with other people on a deeper level. Love it. I'll put those in the show notes too so that people can get a link. But Meg, I'm sending so much love. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. 
And yeah, I'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so bye. much. Okay, bye. Oh, you guys, I just love her so much. Um, you can find Meg at Meg Josephson on Instagram, and she also has a YouTube account under Meg Josephson. So I would encourage you guys to follow along there. She's got some awesome content that she puts out regularly. And before we go, I would love to pull a tarot card for us um, as a collective, just for fun. So today we got Archangel Michael, the first chakra, but we got the card reversed. So this is interesting. Um, when this card shows up in a reverse position, you may be facing some significant challenges and even some very difficult emotions. The energy in your first chakra may be blocked, revealing potential fears about your safety, feelings of insecurity, or even depression. This blocked energy could also signal financial worry or desperation. Issues of instability can shake you to your very core, so it's going to be important to get the energy moving freely through this chakra once again. Meditate on this affirmation uh, to feel your sense of safety and balance return. So the affirmation is, my first chakra is open to its perfect healthy state. I am strong, stable, safe, and secure. Archangel Michael guides and supports me always. This is a cool deck because it mixes in angels and lots of different symbolism. Um, but this is just a reminder card to just make sure that we are feeling super safe and stable. A lot of the times if I feel like my chakras are out of balance, I try to eat more food that relate to those chakras. So um, like the first chakra is red, so it might be eating like red bell peppers, tomatoes, strawberries, and also just like this is all about financial freedom and financial stability. So maybe that means that we need to take a closer look at our finances and start to plan ahead of time a little bit more. Um, and I find that the more attention I pay to the joy that's in my life and the more I focus on what makes me feel good, the more abundant I am. So hopefully that was helpful for you guys and I will see you next Sunday.